In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Last night, we gathered here to listen again to the story of the shepherds as they heard the good news from the angel that a child had been born in Bethlehem. And we spent some time pondering what it meant for Jesus to be placed in the manger, in a place where cattle and sheep feed on good food. We also thought about the word Bethlehem, a Hebrew word that when translated into English means house of bread, and that Jesus, the true bread from heaven, the food given by God for the life of the world, is born this day in Bethlehem. What we are tempted to do, though, is to stay with the image of Jesus as the infant because, well, at least I think it's because it's a warm and it's a welcoming. We might even say cute and cuddly, and it's a sweet image. It is a quiet and serene picture that we see not only in our imaginations, but in countless pieces of art and nativity scenes like the one we have just here. But today, Christmas Day, we do not read again from St. Luke's narrative, but we instead turn to St. John as he unfolds the mystery of the incarnation of God coming to dwell with us as the Word makes his home here with us. Another word that we use sometimes is tabernacle. God made his tabernacle with us. One of the things that we could never forget when we talk about Christmas is that Jesus doesn't stay in the manger. He is not the perpetual infant that adores Christmas cards and ornaments. St. John helps us remember that although there is a serene moment in the stable, there is also a cosmic and universal presence that is found in the baby cradled by the manger. This is God. This is the word that was spoken into the darkness and created light. This is he through whom all things were made. This baby, born as a human like us, is God who created everything that exists, both now and in the past and the future things to come. There is not anything presented to our senses that this word, that Jesus, did not create first. God came down at Christmas to reconcile himself to us in the only way possible, by demonstrating what love, true and perfect love, looked like when it's lived out in this world. That is part of the mystery of the Incarnation, that God was pleased as man with men to dwell, as Charles Wesley so eloquently put it in his Christmas hymn. But not only is it love that was demonstrated and given, but there was also life. When we speak about this life that was given, we need to remember that John is hinting at one type of life not just the animated life that we know right now, we are animated beings, but also the life that, as some might say, was taken away from us by the fall, that 
life that God desired us to have with him and to share in union with him. All things came into being, came into existence through Christ. But what also came into existence was the life that we long for, the life everlasting. One of the most important phrases in this prologue to St. John's Gospel is the moment when our Gospel bearer and I genuflected in reverence and awe to this mystery. And the Word became flesh. The Word taking on the same flesh that we exist in. This is not God merely appearing to be human. Nor is it God play-acting a role like a thespian would do. This is God becoming like us, living an earthly life in existence, being susceptible to cold and to hunger and to thirst and even injury and ultimately death. St. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Philippians that this person whom we know is Jesus is Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born into human form. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Taking our human nature or our human condition upon us, God chose to come and show us the way he desires us to be, becoming the very model of what true life and true love looks like. Love, especially this love that God has given us, does not come without cost. The hymn we sang just prior to the hearing of the gospel is one of my favorite Christmas hymns because it captures in the opening verse what we celebrate. Of the Father's love begotten. However, it is a slight mistranslation from the original Latin. The Latin phrase there is, Corde natus experentis, and it's not of the Father's love begotten, but rather the more passion filled and deeply moving of the Father's heart begotten. The image of God not just giving his love, but instead his very essence to us, a portion of his very being is language that we use only for the most cherished and meaningful loves that we give to each other. How often have we told those whom we love that we love them with all our heart? The 17th century English poet Thomas Philippot captures this cosmic, universal, self-giving love in a sonnet that he wrote in my mind, it is one of the very best Christmas poems, but sadly, it's not all that well known. And the sonnet that Philippot writes says this about the Incarnation. 
and God, whose man's frail house of earth composed, himself in a frail house of earth enclosed, who did control the fire, the air, the sea and earth, was clad with all these four and had a birth in time, who was begotten before time received a birth, or the early sun did climb the ascent or the east, whom the vast air and main and precincts of this earth could not contain, is circumscribed now in so brief a room He's lodged in the circuit of the virgin's womb. Something that we all need to recognize is that none of the Christmas narratives show God's love as an offering being forced upon us. It's not something held over our heads with a threat, nor is there a price that we need to pay to receive it. There's no bludgeoning force to accept this love. And all too often, though, we refuse this love, choosing something that is much more lacking, much more false. But refusing it or not, it is a love that is offered freely, like all true loves are. Today, that love comes to us as a human baby who is vulnerable and requires the care that can only be given out of love. While we meditate on this child, who we saw laying in a manger last night, let us also remember the reasons for his coming to teach us how to love. And let us never forget the mystery of that love, that God himself, would come to rescue us from sin, not by sending somebody else, but by coming himself. I wish all of you a very happy Christmas time. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.